are listening to the ASN Kidney News Podcast. Increasing interest in nephrology as a career is a popular topic in the renal community. In part two of an interview with the editors of the Renal Fellow Network and Nephron Power, two popular nephrology blogs, ASN counselor Ronald Falk, MD Fasson, asks the editors about what drew them to the field and how interest in the field can be increased among medical students. I'm going to ask each of the three participants to introduce themselves. Kinnar, could we start with you, please? Yes, I'm Kinnar Javeri. I'm one of the assistant professors of medicine at uh, Hofstra North Shore LIJ School of Medicine, practicing nephrologist. Matt? Yeah, hi, I'm Matt Sparks. I'm a fourth-year nephrology fellow from Duke University, and I'm currently doing a research year. Kinnar? I am Conal O'Shea. I'm a fourth-year renal fellow in Harvard Medical School and a researcher in the Framingham Heart Study, and I'm also editor of the Renal Fellow Network. Let's talk about you and your practices. All of you are uh, early on in the course of your careers. What do you learn taking care of patients? And as a corollary to that, how do you think you're making a difference? Matt, let's start with you. Well, I definitely enjoy nephrology, and I think the, the, the main thing that I get the enjoyment is taking care of patients with kidney disease. You see a wide variety of patients from critical care, transplant, ESRD, electrolyte problems, glomerular disease, and CKD. The interesting thing about the nephrologist is that you must have excellent communication skills. Since kidney disease is often asymptomatic, you have to be a very good teacher and listener to understand the complexity and the difficult condition in which they have to live with. So I think I've learned a lot uh, of patience in talking to my patients in clinic, and I've also learned a lot about the disease process because a lot of times this process can occur over a 10-year period. Connell, how are you? how do you think you're making a difference? When it comes to nephrology, the, the, what attracts me to it and what makes it such an appealing subject is that I think it's really the most integrated of the medical disciplines. Um, medicine is becoming increasing, increasingly compartmentalized, but as nephrologists, we're constantly thinking of how are looking at the knock-on effects of kidney disease on the heart and the lungs, on the brain. Um, and I think it, that makes it, you know, one of the best subjects to get a grounding in internal medicine, and it's also the most interesting. And for me, as a nephrologist, we frequently get, are called to consult on in situations when other disciplines are, have gotten out of their depth, where you, you have a situation, let's say, with uncontrollable blood pressure, with unmanageable heart failure, with an extra, extremely complex electrolyte disorder, and it's immensely satisfying to be able to wade in in those situations and really make a difference. Kinar, any other thoughts? Yeah, I think, I mean, I want to echo what they said. I think it's, I think what Connell said is really what attracted me is I think the nephrologist, we get, a lot of times we get consults for like almost like a diagnostic consult. And I think nephrologists are very good at that, the detective mentality and the cool cases that we see. But I think, you know, in terms of learning, I mean, you learn about such difficult conditions that your patients are dealing with. You, I've learned families come together when they're dealing with, when their patient's dealing with such a chronic illness. As a, as a physician, you really, I feel nephrologists are the best advocate for their patients who are on dialysis and transplant. And, you know, I think we should be proud of that because we really advocate for our patients. So what made any one of you interested in a career in nephrology? Matt, let's start with you. 
Well, I became interested in nephrology during medical school while at the University of Arkansas. And I can distinctly recall seeing Dr. Thomas Andrioli giving our first year physiology course on renal physiology. And what was so unique about it is that he was able to weave physiology with basic science, clinical medicine, history, and popular culture like nobody else. His mentorship as well as several others at the University of Arkansas, including Dr. Safferstein, Dr. Sudhir Shaw, really pushed me into nephrology. I also had the distinct pleasure of going to ASN Renal Week while as an, while an intern, and I think that was also a big uh, factor in why I chose to go into nephrology. Kinnar, why did you go into nephrology then? I think to me, again, I think uh, it was mentors. Um, I was in Syracuse upstate in New York, and um, one of the renal pathologists, Paul Shanley, really, uh, you know, was a role model, and uh, that really got me interested in renal uh, renal disease. And besides mentorship, you know, throughout residency with Dr. Mark Parazella at Yale, it was really... Uh, uh, you know, the interest of variety of diseases you see with nephrology from glomerular disease to electrolytes to, uh, you know, end-stage renal disease, what attracted me. And the fact that nephrologists are really good detectives and they're good diagnosticians um, and well-respected. Connell, how about you? Uh, so I hate to echo the two, Matt and Kanara, but for me, I, I don't think you can overstate the importance of a mentor at the early stages of your career. And for me, that was Hugh Brady, who had just returned from uh, Brigham and Women's and Harvard Medical School to become professor of medicine in um, the Matter Hospital in Dublin, where I was training as a student. And um, he was just an inspirational figure. Uh, he had had great success in the United States, and in, on moving to Ireland, he really uh, spearheaded a big research program in kidney disease uh, in University College Dublin. And uh, I was lucky enough to work very closely with him at, at an impressionable time. I started doing some research with him on the genetics of diabetic nephropathy, um, and I never really looked back from that point. What makes a good mentor? If mentors are so critical, what makes them charismatic? I think a good mentor is someone with the enthusiasm that they kind of uh, throw on you. I mean, it's just amazing how uh, the enthusiasm that I got from these mentors uh, about nephrology is what drives nephrology to, you know, my enthusiasm in nephrology. Connell? Um, I think a mentor, um, rather than impart information, teaches you who they are and inspires you to by, by leading from the front. And I viewed my mentor uh, inspired me by his success in research, by his enthusiasm for the subject, by his clinical skills, and that's really what uh, attracted me to the specialty. So, Matt, let me ask you a slightly different question. Are mentors born or are they trained to become mentors? I think mentors are likely trained, and most mentors will have a mentor that inspired them and so forth and so on. So by the time you become a mentor in your own right, you've been influenced by several other people, which you've emulated and crafted their styles, and it's almost a silent learning process. And as Connell said, you don't learn by just listening to what they're saying, but more observing, seeing how they approach 
clinical scenarios, research, and just their daily life. Areas of research accomplishments in kidney medicine seem to be expanding each and every day. How did each of you decide what area of research in kidney interested you the most? All of you are in different areas. Uh, Matt, what about you? You're doing a research year right now. Right. I think a lot of what inspired me to join Dr. Kaufman's lab here at Duke was a lecture he gave at Grand Rounds in Arkansas where he discussed some of the physiology experiments with kidney cross-transplantation. Not only are we interested in some of the molecular aspects, but we're also interested in the physiology. And I think bringing both of those together was really something that I thought was interesting. Gennar, what about you? And one of my interests is actually oncoenephrology, which is kind of an upcoming, uh, you know, sort of subsection in nephrology, but taking care of cancer patients who have um, kidney disease. And I think uh, I've come away with that. You can learn a lot of biology from these cancer aid drugs, and we can also use these some of these agents in glomerular diseases and transplantation. And just from oncoenephrology, we can actually expand into a lot more uh, novel therapies, possibly in glomerular and transplantation diseases. And all what about you? You're in a completely different area. Yeah, um, well, my work mostly um, is based on the epidemiological studies looking at the genetics of chronic kidney disease in the general population. And um, really, I started this work in Dublin many years ago in the dark ages of genetic research, but that, uh, looking at very basic cluster analysis of um, trying to break up or identify variants responsible for diabetic nephropathy. In retrospect, that was, you know, what we were doing at the time was very basic, but it kind of planted the seeds uh, of interest for me. And now I'm working under the mentorship of Caroline Fox in the Framingham Heart Study, and I'm involved in genome-wide association studies of kidney disease, which have been remarkably successful. And I think some of the most remarkable discoveries, in nephrology, not just in nephrology, but in the whole of medicine have come in the past few years, such as the identification of the MYH9 APOIL1 variants and kidney disease in African-Americans um, or large genome-wide association studies identifying 16 new loci associated with kidney disease. I and mean, I think we're in a remarkable period of discovery from, from a genetics viewpoint and it's a very exciting time to be part of it. So what part then of your varied lives generates the most satisfaction? I think it's a combination of everything. Interaction with attendings and fellows here at Duke, uh, my research and the research environment that we have here, my online experiences with the Renal Fellow Network and the collaborations that have been fostered because of this. I think all of these things together are very satisfying. Gennar, how about you? I mean, uh, you know, seeing variety of patients, you know, the patient walking the next door would be a CKD, then glomerular disease, you know, transplant patient. At the same time, getting to teach the fellows almost on a daily basis, residents, medical students, and, uh, you know, get to do blogging at the same time. It, I go home very satisfied. Uh, any other thoughts about what makes uh, makes things more exciting one way or the other? I mean, I, I think, think a, good, a good balance is essential, and I think... Uh, you know, through blogging and our clinical work and then maintaining uh, a hand in uh, ongoing research, you're never going to be bored. And I think that that's, you know, each day is very exciting. 
Also, it makes for more exciting national meetings because we have so many different people to communicate with, the blogging community, the real fellow network, the researching uh, fellows that have graduated. So it's really exciting to come to ASN every year and meet up with everybody. Uh, how, then, do you think the ASN should attract more students to nephrology? Keep doing what it's doing or doing other things? I think, um, you know, there is definitely much more that we can do. Um, you know, offering free membership to medical students, maybe free journals for them, you know, free programs, travel awards, maybe career advice for them on the website, um, you know, talking about maybe changing the way the rotations are done at the institution in terms of just inpatient versus sort of a comprehensive outpatient, inpatient blocks with experience, exposure to transplant, dialysis. I think that will sell our field better um, because we really need to, as nephrologists, sell our field to the medical students. I think ASN is in a perfect position to attract more students into nephrology. And I think the emphasis should be on medical students, not only bringing them to Kidney Week, but once they get there, really pay close attention to them. Have mixers with fellows, not only yeah. with program directors, but other members of the society. Have sessions geared toward them, towards them at the meetings, uh, and uh, in increasing maybe research grants for college students and medical students with career advice and mentoring. How do we get them to come to the ASM? In other words, what do you think we should do to generate that kind of interest in the college student or the early medical student in the first two years or so so that they might learn more about nephrology? I think it's we have to have more nephrologists teaching in the first two years of medical school. And once that occurs and you connect with a student, that's when you need to push them in that direction give them the material to apply to ASN, tell them about it, really be on the front line of recruitment. Any other ideas? The other thing, you know, when I was a medical student, including me and a lot of other medical students, had this sort of fear against renal uh, medicine and uh, being how difficult it is. And I think that renal fear has to be removed from the medical students. And we as clinical nephrologists, like Matt said, should be part of the early training and try to remove that fear from them and make them enjoy nephrology because it is a fun field and use tools to make them have good time when they're learning nephrology. And that's how we can get them. Uh, to come to these meetings and attract them towards nephrology. There are a number of myths and legends about what nephrologists do, what they're like. Uh, what can we do to uh, calm the typical early medical student that those are just myths and not necessarily reality? I think there has to be um, an attempt to refocus and restore some pride in the clinical aspects of nephrology. Um, there's a, there has been a gradual erosion of that position, I think, over time, with promotions being kind of mostly determined by scientific achievement um, and the publish or perish kind of mantra that's, that's developed. And while no one wants to talk down the importance of scientific achievement, it's very important that that the clinical nephrologist is also um, valued. And if you think back to when you were a medical student, 
the, the person who inspired you really wasn't the person who had 20 or 30 publications. It was the expert clinician. Um, that's really the, what, what appeals to people at that stage of their careers. And um, I think some rest- restoration of pride would go a long way. I'd like to echo what Kinar said about the exposure that medical students and interns and residents have and the myth that every patient you see is in the hospital. We need to have them in the clinic seeing transplant patients, pre-op, post-op, glomerular diseases that are in a stable situation. Um, these are, are some areas which can uh, attract students into the field. And I think uh, what Connell was saying is very important. I think the master clinician that uh, everyone inspired us, uh, you know, is kind of lost um, in this current uh, era of medicine. We need to invite those master clinicians back and kind of inspire the current medical students. And they are the ones who inspired us and have come back to the floors, come back to teach the students and get them interested in nephrology. Yeah. So what tools would you use to make learning nephrology easier for those students? Uh, we actually, at our institution, I've developed some tools, and um, we just summarized this recently in a paper in Kidney International. Um, you know, we use uh, kind of fun tools like puzzles. We use anagrams to kind of start off a discussion to do uh, lectures. We use concept maps, which are kind of teaching tools to get an idea of what type of learner they are. We have used blogging. We have used e-tools. And we have also kind of used reading tools, like um, fun reading tools like Detective Nephron and writing creative writing to uh, make them learn nephrology rather than a textbook material. And when we did a survey of these tools, we found that 63% of people who responded to this survey thought if you incorporate these tools, you have more recruitment into nephrology in and, and, and addition to traditional uh, teaching methods. Any other ideas, Matt? Connell? I'd echo exactly what Kinar said. I think these are some exciting ways to get a learner interested in a subject that on the outside seems complicated, but once you understand it, it doesn't seem quite so difficult of a concept. And if you approach it that way, I think the learner will understand better and be drawn to the field instead of pushed away. Colin, you've got the last word here. <laughs> well, I mean, I think uh, nephrology is particularly suited to uh, problem-based learning. I think it's particularly unsuited to a didactic session. I remember parts of my own nephrology teaching, which involved lectures starting with the first cause of glomerular nephritis and running through to the last, and they were pretty grueling. Um, and I recently taught in, in um, a renal pathophysiology course in Harvard, which was all problem-based, and it's really one of the most popular courses there. I think it's important to be aware that that really is the nature of the subject, and that's the way it should be taught, and that's how you interest students. Especially if you can get problem-based learning to occur in teams and get real team-based learning. Nephrology is uniquely suited for that as well. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time, your thoughts, and your advice. Uh, This is Ron Falk for the American Society of Nephrology saying goodbye. This podcast is copyrighted by the American Society of Nephrology. All rights reserved. All content in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be medical advice. The information in this podcast should not be used during a medical emergency or for the diagnosis or treatment of any medical condition. 
please consult your doctor or other qualified health care provider if you have any questions about any medical condition or before taking any drug, changing your diet, or commencing or discontinuing any course of treatment. Thank you for listening to this podcast of the American Society of Nephrology.